0: Episode 6 of Q&A Quest, and I totally remember the episode we're on this time, because the last one was Cinco de Questo.
1: Also, you remembered it because you started putting like the episode number in the show notes. For yeah, uh,
0: uh, smart on my part. <laughs> hey,
2: is, is Q&A Quest going to get its own sidebar on the site? 'Cause it doesn't
3: have
1: one at this point. <laughs> yeah, think... we're still we're currently still in the like lower class, you don't get a sidebar area, so I,
0: I think we're just gonna make the uh mailbag one into Q and A quest. Essentially. <laughs>
1: Someone's going to get, like, angry at the loss of tradition there. Also, we just revealed there's a guest.
0: Yes, we we have a guest, and that is another Mike. Apparently we're only going <laughs> to allow Mike's guests. Mike overload? Yes. Someday you'll get Michael Cunningham on, I'm sure. Yes. He, he does not go by Mike. We've found that out in the past. Well, that's close enough. So yeah. We, we have Mike Minky, co-host of the RPG Backtrack. Good we even, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll be hearing that very
2: soon. You may hear it before this episode goes up, or you may not. There are so many <laughs> mysteries in life. They're pretty
1: quick about editing these. They might not hear it until afterwards.
0: Yeah, well, it's and it depends on how how long uh, Phil takes to edit that massive MP3 as I sent him. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's there, and he has a long weekend. He should be able to get on it. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so. We the (laughs) ever-growing backlog of questions for Q and A quest. You act
1: as though this is a bad
0: thing. No, it's not a bad (laughs) thing. It's just uh, we cannot answer these fast enough. So why don't we jump into the first one?
2: Then it's probably a good thing that I haven't sent in one of my contributions to this yet.
0: Oh my god, (laughs) that's frightening. Okay. Uh, Although people,
2: if people are saying the shows are too short, that'll help.
0: Oh man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, having a third person to discuss has notably increased length in the past. So, <laughs> okay, first, what do you think of the new things they're introducing for the next Fire Emblem, like the root splits as DLC and the gasp scandal weapons that don't have a durability limit?
0: How dare they! I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: I I would say that as of Awakening, the durability limit was already entirely ornamental.
0: Yeah, you kind like,
1: like one of my biggest gripes in Awakening was that there was no actual such a, there was not such a thing as a proper weapon scarcity, but I had to keep going back to shops and buying like five of the same weapons because everyone's was breaking around the same time
0: yeah, I think that's the thing about the durability limit it, um, I absolutely, absolutely like it when it's actually something you have to be worry about and I don't think I ever had to worry about it in Awakening at all so yeah, no, like I did it, not.
2: Yeah, especially if you go fight random battles, you are guaranteed to get booty from those that you can just use to replenish people, and then you barely even need to worry about buying new weapons.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really just a like, it's you know maybe for the like noir version, black version weird hard version weapon (laughs) durability might have meant something and it might even be in that one i don't know but like for the white version that's trailing after awakening durability is just
0: pointless upkeep yeah and it makes a lot of the rare weapons you can find kind of less impactful because then you're just kind of they're just going to sit there you're not really going to use them like what happens with you know as with
1: anything where you've got like a super powerful item that breaks after seven uses is that you take it and you let it sit in your inventory until the very end and then you chuck it at the final boss until one either the weapon or item fails can't be used anymore or the boss is dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a lot of like hemming and hawing about this, but it it, it really makes sense because if if assuming they're doing something similar to Awakening in that regard. Uh, You know, it just it doesn't make that much sense. Yeah,
2: if you're gonna keep the same item limit total of five pieces of equipment, then you might as well make it a little simpler. Yeah, because that's awakening was not about the complexity of the older fire emblems, so keeping that around was kind of a relic.
1: Yeah, like it's 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 a case of like it adds complexity while adding no depth.
0: Yeah. Um. As far as the root splits, um, I'm curious as if they're actually going to sell that as like two different versions, like they are in Japan, or because I, I think they're also releasing it as a double pack where you get both roots. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious if they're just going to sell that version here and that's it, because I'm not sure a two different versions is going to work in the West.
1: We get like we get games for cheaper than Japan, like just as sort of a rule. Yeah, But, like, the, the it's difficult to say Like, Nintendo seems very happy with how much Awakening did to raise the profile of the series in other territories So I'd imagine they're going to be very careful with how they uh, treat it In order to avoid it just dwindling right back into obscurity
0: Sure
2: And you probably don't want to have it come across as a callous money grab, which but, it could
1: Yeah, oh, for sure Yeah like the thing is the th- the only thing that gives me pause is i'm I'm sure that they're both like fully featured scenarios because I'd expect no less from the development and in teams involved. It's just like, you know, so it just raises the question of like how expensive is the cartridge release of that going to be to manufacture?
0: Yeah, that's a good question,
1: <laughs> which then gets into the shaky idea of, oh, oh but what if they just sell it? with a download code and then it's just like well that's not very Nintendo but like they've done it before and yeah a lot of questions yeah we, we probably although, will find out more at E3 Yeah.
2: <laughs> although this this could give you a good reason to pick it up again in a couple of years when all the DLC is out and you can just get it in one fell swoop and have an almost completely different experience because of all because, the root splits
1: yeah. yeah well because after like the first couple scenarios it just splits into two different stories
0: and if there's a lot of side DLC like there is, there was for Awakening, oh, so Awakening it had a ton of that. Oh yeah,
1: all stuff. It did. Of stuff. Of a lot of it was pretty good it. though. <laughs> yeah, like the thing about it is also that Nintendo's aversion to quote unquote Game of the Year editions means that you probably won't get a great deal better price than you would if you bought it new. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and my problem was that since I got the game as a free download because I was reviewing it for the site, yeah, I was not keyed in to buy any more for it yet? Mm-hmm. First, oh, and it wasn't out when I was playing it for review yet.
1: Yeah,
2: I probably should go yeah. check it out again now. It's been a couple years. You should.
1: The Awakening. Some of the Awakening DLC is really good. Especially heard. like some of the like alternate timeline DLC is pretty good. Yeah.
0: I also found it pretty interesting to kind of switch the modes I played in. So I, I played in like hard difficulty with. Uh, permadeath on and then I switched to an even harder difficulty with permadeath, permadeath off which is like a completely weird different experience. So,
1: so you can tailor how what manner of hard you want the game to be.
2: That's true. I played some of Thracius seven seven six. I, oh. I've seen <laughs> 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 I, put... no, I was crazy enough that I bought the cartridge. <laughs>
1: Ooh Wow. Yeah. Like, isn't that one reputed to be, like, the hardest? I would say so. I mean, I haven't
2: played the NES ones, and I, but...
1: Wow. I'd imagine that when one those really... ones are harder, they're probably harder because they're primitive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this one, the interface is close enough to the modern that you understand what you're doing. It's just... You have to capture enemies, and, and, when, you, and when you do, of course, you can't just immediately deal with it. You have to sit there for a while and let the enemies whack you for a turn... Before you can do anything to unload this, The crap that the enemy is carrying Which you have to take because you can barely Buy weapons, there's almost no money <laughs> And of course <laughs> this I'm... is the one that it, this is, it Introduces the lovely fog of war Stuff, we remember oh, that from the first English oh, one oh. <laughs> And it's much uh, worse at Thracia 776, let me tell you I I did not perfect. finish 776, I was not that Hardcore
1: I think that was the last one Shouzo Kaga did as well
2: I think it was probably because it stuck on the Super Nintendo in 1996. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he had this weird aversion to the very concept of Fire Emblem 64. My only weird. time I've seen two parts of Nintendo openly feuding with each other. <laughs>
2: It's not as if the N64 was swamped with strategy games and it would have gotten lost in the crowd.
1: Yeah, he seemed, he just really seemed to dislike the idea because like every few months someone would ask like Miyamoto or someone like, "Hey, is is there gonna be a Fire Emblem 64?" And he'd be like, "Oh, of course there is. It's currently in production." Shotoshage <laughs> would then get asked the next month and he'd be like, "No, that's not happening." <laughs> then he went off to make Emblem Saga. That was great.
2: Which we never got over here, did
1: we? Well, they had to. Well, they got sued first, and then we didn't. Right.
2: <laughs> After all, it was a 2D looking game on Sony hardware when Sony was. Oh yep. Not. Well, it was happen. like
1: 2000. <laughs> Sony. Well, it was around 2000, which is to say, around the point that Sony stopped caring at all. Yeah, like, no, but the, the point Sony's... when
2: Nintendo has stopped being litigious over this stuff has been never. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, to, to be fair, they were going to release a game called Emblem Saga that, <laughs> really that acted like Fire Emblem.
2: Yeah, you don't have to be a hardcore lawyer to understand how easy that one is to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that one got swiftly transitioned, but we're, we're moving a field of the question. There's a slightly. To this yeah.
0: All right. So when we wrap this one up and move on.
1: Well, like I said, there's a part two to this question.
0: Oh, but didn't we already get. Um,
1: no, the, the second ah, the same uh, author. That's why you're confused. You by the very first. confused. Yes. <laughs> there's there's parts in the show notes where he's like, Who wrote this? Lol whoops.
0: Lol <laughs> whoops. Lol uh, whoops. Very appropriate. But, see, it was, it was a joke. Song. But
1: second, do you think different types of RPGs lend themselves to different types of villains? For instance, at least with a cursory glance, it feels like tactical RPGs tend to have war stories with more down-to-earth villains, and turn-based RPGs have more destroy-the-world uh, wahaha villains. Is this illusory, or is there something going on here? Uh, I would say part of the thing is that half of the tactical RPGs you played are probably written by the same people, because, I mean... <laughs> when I think about, like, big tactical RPGs, I'm thinking Fire Emblem, and... The progeny of Yasumi Matsuno. Yep. <laughs> and so, and both of those tend to have the same kinds of stories consistently between them. So they it do. kind of just it yeah. tips the balance. I mean, you they, can. They
2: tend to have slightly more realistic antagonists based in politics. At least yeah, that's my
1: experience. Yeah. Well, well, then again, you still get stuff like Final Fantasy Tactics, whose villain is like the demon-possessed church. So it's a splitting them in, it's you know splitting yeah. the difference but yeah it, it's also just that like because you have to be maneuvering all these characters all at once it kind of lends itself to like if you're going to make these mass battles a war is a really easy excuse to have them
0: yeah there's there's plenty that that don't do that specifically nis games disgaea phantom brave etc well, yeah. What would well, you say about Shining
1: follows its own style.
0: Yeah. Uh, Shining, Shining Force... Yeah, Shining Force is definitely more saving the lot of world.
1: I was just playing it, and <laughs> I don't remember it. Well,
2: yeah. What, you don't remember the evil Dark Soul? He's evil because he has the name Dark Soul. <laughs> that just reminds
1: me, like, like, Sega just could not be bothered to make, you know... <laughs> Villains that weren't just the concept of evil.
2: <laughs> and, and the like... second one had the villain Zeon. He's yeah.
1: almost like Freon, but not. And lots of demons yeah. as well. <laughs> but the yeah, three no.
2: three had actually a pretty good rogues gallery of villains, but um because that's Saturn exclusive, not many
1: people know about it. I really wish like one of my most desperate dreams at one point was a remake of Shining Force 3 that just combined the three scenarios and released Uh. a system that someone owned
2: That would be a a wonderful thing, and yet we know that Camelot and Sega hate each other's guts now and Sega denies (sighs) Yeah, it's almost like Sega does stuff to rub people the wrong way, but that can't be right no that's crazy talk (sighs) and also we know that Sega does its best to disavow the Siren's existence now
1: yeah because like I feel like the entire reason they don't try to strip mine it because it did have some success in Japan is just the fact that it's hard to emulate
2: (laughs) yeah but we already know that Sega has been picking the low hanging fruit for a long time now
1: (laughs) yeah which is why I think I own four Genesis collections
2: <laughs> and there are Dreamcast collections now. Yeah, there's of good a couple genesis, of them.
1: but there
2: They're are just... no Saturn collections, I don't Where, see
0: that. Where's my yet. Panzer Dragoon HD collection? Come on.
1: They did I do not know. Panzer, they did do a Panzer Dragoon one <laughs> port to the PS2 in Japan only because it was like a it was a it was direct emulation agency. and they did not have the it was a direct emulation and they did not have the source code for the English version. Oh, oh, and that one was also on PC. That's the version they took. Oh, was it? I didn't... Like, that was like that weird period where Sega had the Diamond Edge initiative where they sold their own graphics cards for PCs so that they would run Saturn games better.
2: (sighs) Oh, Mr. Epps, you did play Dragon Force, right? Of course.
1: Yeah, he loves that one. Yeah. Uh, Well, so so do I. Uh
2: yeah that one's that one's not exactly the mo- the deepest of stories either but it is a tactical game yeah um, yeah
0: and that is kind it's almost, of almost right over, right? Is sort of a down to earth story that ends in a not so down to earth story that I happens guess. a
1: lot with these where, like the, the <laughs> like they start with these like big like war plots and then like oh and then a demon
0: <laughs> yeah, well it's kind of you gotta conquer everyone and you know there's plots related to that and then
1: and once you have conquered
2: everyone everyone eventually has to come together because only the eight chosen ones can do the job and well here, here's the here's the evil guy Madrick he's the evil god he's, he's reviving kick his butt or else he's gonna destroy the world again <laughs>
1: Revelation of Evil God. Um, I guess if I were digging really hard, uh, like, digging into other strategy games, uh, oh, there was one I just had in my head that was just... And it's gone now. It's it's super... Oh, no, wait. Uh, if you're stretching hard, Romance of the Three Kingdoms has strategy battles and it's basically a politics simulator.
0: Yeah, I, I'd include that.
1: Um... Like, it, it seems like it's just how the genre has shaken out, as that's where you tell that kind of story. To some extent. Like, the only other thing I can think of that's like a go to example for when I'm thinking about strategy RPGs is like Super Robot Wars, which is mostly <laughs> about uh, how Earth governments are always evil.
2: <laughs> and that there are lots of extraterrestrial menaces which will come to, men- to There's attack a us.
1: A lot of them sometimes they're all the same extraterrestrial sometimes they aren't
2: yeah it depends on what I'm mostly familiar with the original Generations ones where there are still a bunch of extraterrestrial menaces and they're and they all keep out back to back the us. most
1: boring one I'm sick of fighting Heinz. <laughs> <ice. laughs> if only yeah. Dydon
2: had come over here then you could have fought Dark Brain and gone
1: what the hell is this thing
2: I have to fight it's... something with 580,000 HPGs
1: no, the best part about Dark Brain, I've, I've, I own uh, Gaiden. Uh, the best thing about Dark Brain is that it restores its health partway through, so functionally it has nearly a million HP. Yeah,
2: and it also has, uh, what is it, 30% HP regen, so you better beat the crap out of it in one turn or you're Well, screwed. well
1: that's, just, that's just Super Robot Wars tradition, is like most of the bosses you actually want to kill have enough HP regen that you better be doing most of its damage in one turn.
2: That's true. And this comes after you've had to fight and beat down six things with 180,000 HP each. That was fun.
1: But <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty much done with caring about how many reinforcements something happens to have. I've just been playing J and that game. <laughs> reinforcements, the game. Okay, we're done with this question. <laughs> uh, yeah, All I right. was gonna
2: try and come up with other villains uh, since we were supposed to compare it with uh, the <laughs> type villains. Kefka comes uh, from it for some reason. Ff12
1: holds the Yasumi Matsuno thing of doing the split the difference again, but in the traditional JRPG uh, mold.
2: We will never really know what it would have been if he had stayed at the helm the whole time, will we?
1: I feel like he and Akitoshi Kawazu are kind of kindred spirits, so I don't feel like it's that much different. Yeah. It's sort of like saying FF15's been bastardized because Hajime Tabata is running it. It's like... (laughs) He and Nomura have, have similar design philosophies.
2: Well, we can make some educated guesses
1: about what we're going to see. Yep. Joy. I'm, I'm excited. You can't stop me.
2: Um. Let's see. Why am I coming up with Grandia 2 where a pope... Oh,
1: yeah, that's the one where the pope is Satan. That's yep. right.
2: No, no. He is not Satan at the start. He becomes Satan well, because yeah, we the don't po- have Satan.
1: Po- finally fulfills his dream and becomes Satan. <laughs>
2: It meant something different when you played it back when John Paul II was the Pope.
1: Yeah, uh, then it seemed kind of upsetting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then Benedict became Pope, and wow, that actually seemed fitting. He always it looked prophetic. like a, a
1: But uh But I, I still love Grandia 2. Hey, guys, when it comes out on PC, uh, reported for Steam, please purchase it. It's very good.
2: Yes. It is very good. Um, well, Dreamcasting: Skies of Arcadia, Galcean yeah yeah i mean he he had a fairly grounded idea. He wanted to rule the world. That's nothing new but
1: but at the very least he is not immediately superseded by something less sane <laughs> right he He's actually the main villain until
2: until something happens, and then your final boss fight is against someone who actually did not intend to be the grand
1: evil Sky's Arcadia is so good. everyone, go play it,
0: okay. Get up yeah, right you, ever, you haven't played it. I just remembered yeah. you haven't played it. Nope. You have a GameCube, right? Yeah, I do, and I own so it as well.
1: Nonsense. I've yelled at him about this like 15 times, and it never. St- I to in. see how he will play this and not
0: enjoy it. I'm saving I it know. for a rainy day.
1: You keep saying, "Oh yeah, I'm saving for a rainy day." Yeah, the day you run out of RPGs.
0: <laughs> it hasn't rained in a That's while. That's
1: totally going to happen.
0: Not. But Let's talk
1: about how long Xenoblade Chronicles is now. Why don't we? <laughs>
0: Listen, once I beat Xenoblade and Dark Souls 2 a few more times, we'll be good to go with Disguise <laughs> of Arcadia. i
1: going to ring your rolling
0: neck. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to go play Destiny.
2: Ah, oh,
0: yes, almost. Xenoblade. I, I, yeah. That had... Who's the antagonist it, it, of Xenoblade? No, no. Stay away, <laughs> Stay away from Xenoblade. Stay away. No spoilers. It just
1: got re-released in a fashion that people can actually play it in, and two, Wheels is playing it right yes. now. Yes, no spoilers. Is I the
2: antagonist like... an effective one? How's that?
1: Yes. I, I feel like the I feel like the title I chose for this episode already is already bearing out, which I'm, it's, it's just going to get called You're Just Going to Go Play Destiny Again, You Degenerate. <laughs> But it's let's almost, move on to the next It's almost like question.
2: you've talked to him consistently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit.
3: <laughs>
2: so so, uh, so our answer, is, I, is, I think, more or less is uh, games get the villain that the writer wanted them to have, and that doesn't necessarily fit with the story progression, but so be it sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah and basically that some people like working in the same genre a lot, which jinxes the numbers. So there you go
2: trying to think of an outright terrible villain just so he can come up with one.
1: Uh, well, there's plenty of villains that have no context or build-up.
2: Necron, maybe? Nah. <laughs> <sighs> well, I, I don't know why that came to mind first thing.
1: Oh, hey, I'll say something. I'll say something controversial. You, Yevon.
0: I don't have a problem with that. Um... Some
1: people that will. but It's a dumb villain, and its motivation is just dumb. Although I
2: will say that killing a big, ugly-looking, tick-looking thing is kind of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, like, everything about the explanation for why it was there made me angry.
2: I had other problems with Ted's story, so let's...
1: Oh, no, 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 trust me, you're not alone. (laughs) It's just that, like, that was just the, like... The crowning just, like, really, guys... I don't
0: even remember what the motivation was. Uh, uh, to make
1: self immortal in the stupidest fashion possible.
0: Oh yeah, that, that's weird. <laughs> I
1: don't understand.
0: Okay, let's move on to our next question. But now I that
1: we've answered that one from text slide.
0: Yes. <laughs> text side or text slide what was it? I text, think it's like text side. Text slide. Uh, oh yeah, I it's don't... text side. I'm very yeah. bad at this. Yeah, I... Okay.
1: I don't know how to read. I
0: like how to read. <laughs> Uh, so let's see what's our next one okay this is from budai uh how much equipment do you like in your rpgs i know some lately have limited it to a weapon and accessory where others like xenoblade have many slots and gem slots within those weapons where is the sweet spot
2: i don't necessarily have an uh, an ultimate answer for that because I just played Avernum 2, which had, I think, 12 equipment slots for each character, but... Oh, it, dear. It didn't necessarily bother me, because the effects of everything was clearly listed, and everybody had 35 inventory slots, so there was plenty of stuff to keep nice. around and just do some testing.
1: Yeah, like, that, that's kind of the thing you run into, is that it's like, it, it depends upon how in-depth the game has is wanting me to get on stat jiggery, because, I mean, like you can do a lot of crazy things with, say, uh, you know, the gem slots that they mentioned, Xenoblade, but then you also get, like, I was I was just playing Suicoden 2, which you get three slots to be filled by whatever. You could yep. wear multiple pairs of boots if you really felt like it. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it. you are just filling them with what will most obviously increase my defense. That's all I need. And it's just, what pace does the game want, how much time does the game actually want you sitting in a menu weighing options, uh, just just in general, like, how much of the game is really meant to be taken up by what the equipment is designed to add to the game?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a thing for me. It really depends on the game and how well the game balances it. Uh and if the menu was well designed Yeah. oh that's important (laughs) I'm thinking of uh...
2: I'm thinking of Valkyrie Profile 2 for some reason I'm remembering all this crap that equipment supposedly could do but figuring out what it was and how to make it happen was just a mystery and I gather that's just something you get with uh... help me I'm I'm not remembering the name of this, thank you, (laughs) try it it's escaping me for a moment
1: yeah whether it's a combination of just the fact that the games are confusing to begin with or the fact that they were often translated a little poorly, Tri-Ace games often don't make it immediately forthcoming what all of their uh weapon like what all effects a weapon might have. So like the almost universally agreed to be best uh sword in Star Ocean two is statistically much, much worse. It's, I think, 2,000 points worse than second-best sword, but because it attacks, like, five times for every swipe, it's better. Uh,
0: I'm I'm remembering uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which I don't necessarily think had too many equipment slots or anything, but just the menus and stuff were so, so bad, it was just a pain to deal with.
1: The actual equipment use are not that bad. Looking at the majority of your... Like, looking at your inventory itself is horrible, though. Yeah. That, that was a trait that was carried on to uh, Mass Effect 1.
0: Yes, it was, and that was... Ugh. Mass I'm bad. remembering was this, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was
1: able There's to overlook the... it. There's, There's a, a reason it... that they just dropped those entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, rather than have a crummy inventory, let's just have none, right?
1: <laughs> it immediately eliminates the problem. <laughs> but, yeah. So,
2: like... so yeah, my stance is, it depends. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think that's everyone's... Everyone who isn't going for a deliberately contrarian stance is going to be like, eh, hey, it depends on the game.
2: <laughs> I, can come, I can come up with some games where you have a dozen equipment slots or maybe even more. I'm sure games like that are out there. And because yeah, the so game because the menu is kind of interesting and you're not instantly repelled and b- and baffled as to what the hell you're doing in there it could be fun
0: yeah i'm thinking of some games without too many like uh borderlands you don't equip that many things but you pick up so many so much stuff that they can get a bit overwhelming even though you don't have a lot to equip it can even with all those inventory
2: ups you get yep you're still going to be filled with guns and let's face it you're not going to be using most of them unless yeah. you like switching out your gun every ten minutes to see what this one can do.
1: There's just little incentive to actually do so from within the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you, you're supposed to stick to a couple of gun types because then you know them better, or you can just well, you, you know, know them
1: better, and your character's actually spec for them. Yeah.
2: Right. Or you can make it harder on yourself, but there are a lot of other ways to do that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like Wheel speccing himself entirely in Bird. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, in the first Borderlands? Yes, I remember uh, that Bird? Bird? Bird power?
1: Okay, I think we're done here now that Wales is on All the right, uh, yeah. tangent. I did
2: like the bird, but I didn't try to kill everything with it because the bird was stupid sometimes. <laughs> you take that back.
0: That bird is the best. Is I will not take it back. Bird? That
2: bird was constantly missing people <laughs> I could clearly see shooting at me, but the bird didn't notice them.
1: Oh. It's got bad vision. It's got bird vision. Let's move on. All right. We're, t- we're discussing the merits of, an, of a fake bird. Yeah. Let's not do this. All right.
0: All right. So let's move on to our next question. And we've let Mike pick something from the backlog. So we've
1: graciously deigned.
0: Yes. Do you prefer games that put a
2: premium on stats, such as Paper Mario, or hand them out like candy and scale the enemies appropriately, such as Disgaea? Or does it not really matter because it's all percentage based?
1: Hm I've got a terrible addiction to large numbers, but <laughs> there is a certain satisfaction in watching a small number go up once, and then suddenly everything is very, very different in the world
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um it's, uh, it, it has to be that way because I'm an east fan so
0: <laughs> <laughs> as far as disguise goes um I think yes, that goes to insane numbers, but at least. There's an insane number of levels for you to get to, to get to those insane numbers. So that's that's a bit different. Uh, one
1: one thing that is interesting about this guy to me though is that because of the way that stats work, and I'm not I'm not sure if you can really pin this on numbers or what, but because of it, like certain stats stop mattering after a while. Sure. Once everyone's doing a quadrillion damage, you're not surviving it. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. <laughs> But I'm sorry I don't.
2: I, I don't really have a firm answer on this one. It's another "it depends" thing. Because yeah. if you give me a game, I'll come up with an example. I'm sure in a minute where I don't know. Everybody does fifty thousand damage a pop, and the enemies take ten minutes to kill because they have fifty million HP. Then that's probably going to get really. I boring. think Super <laughs> Robot Wars. <laughs> I'm not thinking of Super Robot Wars because
1: that game so fun. Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> All the customization and the... You can tailor your weapons to the foe you're fighting so you don't have to be doing the massive damage on the stupid grunts. No, Super Robot Wars is exempt because big numbers tend to mean it's a challenge, and that's rightfully so.
1: Yeah. Um, There's actually a reason that you want to be firing out big numbers when you fire out big numbers.
2: Exactly. Um... I'm thinking of Final Fantasy X right now. I didn't go to the all the optional stuff, but being well, able even to do
1: once you hit the optional stuff, it becomes like you need to do ninety-nine thousand damage per hit, and you need to have quick hit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my understanding. Yeah, here, here, go. What is it in the monster breeding thing? Isn't that where you fight the uber bosses?
1: Yeah, the the monster uh, the monster arena is where all of the super bosses are hidden. Just because be you're able to do
2: <laughs> to do more than nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine damage in one hit, that is that is that some kind of barrier that we finally crossed? Oh man, all those earlier Final Fantasy stunk because you could only do up to four <laughs> digits damage, but wow, we've got the five digits now. That's amazing.
1: That that's like the that's like the strange thing where they like cross that number and then suddenly they go nuts on it and it's horrible. <laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah. So, the mere fact that you were able to do huge quantities of damage did nothing for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, cause, like the, the bosses did not become more interesting strategically because of it. They just like required more grinding to kill.
2: And you tend not to do huge amounts of damage in any of the Mario and Luigi games. I, I'm speaking yeah, I think, of those because I've played everything them.
1: Everything for... tops out at around 250 HP.
2: <laughs> but that does not mean that they are not fun because you pretty much understand what damage you're going to be doing with each attack and okay i did i have yet to play the original paper Mario. is not that the one where attack minus defense flat equals the damage you're going to do pretty much so the mere fact that you're only doing five damage a hit doesn't is not a vague deal if, if it only five has five damage it, a
1: hit. Easy. Is one of the strongest attacks in Paper Mario One.
2: <laughs> that sounds
1: right. Yeah. So, j- so just because
2: like, I'm doing p- tiny amounts of damage, because it has, a, because it's highly meaningful, that'll probably hold yeah, my interest
1: texturally. Like that five when you see that five, it's like holy crap! It's five damage.
0: <laughs> but hey, in Final Fantasy 13 you can do like tens of thousands of damage. So no, therefore, Fantasy it's 13, better, the
1: right? attack is doing two million damage, and you have to, and that makes it boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing about that game is you don't even the numbers are. If you're really looking at HP bars. You don't really need to look at the numbers.
1: Yeah, and that's that's you know that's the danger you run into when you start really piling on these numbers is that like the individual numbers lose any semblance of meaning. It's just yeah. like okay, I need to keep doing this attack like until it falls over.
0: Yeah. If you get too high for no apparent reason, then, you know, it's kind of... For most people, they're just going to look at it, and it's just hard to conceptualize.
1: The big, big numbers are like exclamation marks. Yeah. Oh, this, bo- staring, like- this
0: boss has a lot of numbers of life. I need to do <laughs> lots of numbers to it.
1: Yeah, it's like, to, to bring back the Super Robot Wars thing, like... I knew that the game was playing for keeps when a character came out and their HP was question marks. (laughs) 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 Although on the PS2
2: PS2 games, it actually shows you what the question marks add up to once you get down, the total, instead of just only showing you once it hitches five digits.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it's the same principle. It's like, once you see that number that's like an order of magnitude more than anything else you fought. it's like, okay, I really do not have the luxury of trying to play this out in a fashion of like, oh, I can I can sort of bide my time and gauge how much chance I have. I, I have to just use everything. <laughs> the and final... Like that's, that's... You go
2: ahead. In the Shining Force 3 Premium Disc, the final optional fight you can do is against Dark Souls. Who has 7,000 HP. And if you've ever played a Shining Force oh. game, you know 7,000 oh, HP is. Oh my
0: god. Wow.
2: But in other gonna... games, that means absolutely nothing. 7,000 HP, you'll down in half a second. Oh, yeah,
0: that's an easy boss in a Final Fantasy if game.
1: If I'm playing Final Fantasy, then my end of game character should be doing that in one attack. <laughs> right. That's just, you know, context matters, but I. I think that if you're going to toss around like really high numbers, like out of proportion with what you've had before, it needs to mean something.
0: Yeah, and you, you also can't go maybe too too weird in the other direction, uh, because I played Clad which has fractions.
1: No, don't do <laughs> it, that. It does.
0: Remember. It does, and it it drove me nuts. Like at that
1: point, you just scale it out and just you know make it so that. Don't don't make players deal in fractions. It just looks weird.
0: <laughs> I think you could. I think you could actually turn it off, though. At least
1: something. But, but then that raises the question of why they bothered in yeah, the first place. Yeah, <laughs> don't,
0: I don't. know.
2: Because because it was different. Nobody else was doing it. There. I, I just yeah. came up with the sole rationale. <laughs> that, that that,
0: that came... That's like fighting a
1: unicycle to work. That didn't mean it was a good choice.
2: <laughs> uh, no, but you'll probably remember the guy who did it for a long time.
1: Yeah, but I like lost him right face
2: <laughs> and he will probably deserve it
1: We've, I think wheels can agree with the sentiment giving his given his feelings on
0: gladden He had a wonderful soundtrack yeah well uh, that that
2: idea factory game that I refuse to speak the name of I kind of like the music to that oh. taken by itself that doesn't mean I ever want to experience the rest of the game
0: again well, that Idea Factor game I talk about all the time, yeah, that didn't, that had nothing good about
1: it. Uh, I just remember, like, before Mugen Souls came along, you, you had to, like... Your your low watermark was Cloudon and then suddenly when Mugen Souls came out, Cloudun uh, barely got mentioned again. It, so
0: it it had, still just... had I reviewed Cloudun after Mugen Souls, would probably gotten, like, a, a four or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, just... <laughs> it just recalibrated your idea of what a bad game is. Yeah.
2: But, even even though you gave Tears to Tiara that two point five. Uh, that, uh, so that, was that was
0: that worse or better than Cladon? It's complicated.
1: The answer is he would say yes. Uh as a <laughs> game As
0: a game it was better. Um as a story it was worse, even though I hated the story <laughs> of Cladoon. At least
1: Because the story of Cladoon told took you X number of hours versus the X number of centuries for tears to tiara <laughs> yes <laughs> the,
0: the, the story in Cladoon didn't last long enough to put me to sleep let's, let's put it
1: that way I actually did listen to him play that on Skype and fall asleep yeah, it, So
0: it's, it's true <laughs> <sighs> but,
1: but but yeah Mo- moving on basically yes I understand the temptation to throw out really big or in Cladden's range very special case very small number <laughs> but like you know as mentioned before they're they are like exclamation points they need to be used sparingly if you yeah. aren't to make them a game mechanic yeah
2: as you mentioned with the final fantasy 13 just looking at the gauge if you're just seeing how much of the, the enemy's hp bar you're taking away instead of the sheer numbers then i think the, the numbers have lost nailed.
1: Yeah. The, the numbers have failed in their idea of attempting to represent to you on screen action.
0: Yeah. If if they had turned, if you could turn off the numbers in Final Fantasy 13, it would have zero effect on how the game is played. Zero effect. And that is, that just shows you what the problem is. So
1: it would be Final Fantasy Mystic Quest.
0: Uh, well, I, that's going to make me I put actually in love Mystic Quest though, so. that's going to make me put in more Final Fantasy Mystic Quest music. That that were a bad thing. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. All right. So, our next question is from fellow RP gamer staff member Strawberry Eggs, Cassandra Ramos, and the question is, the brief talk about how well certain old games of age got me thinking. What games from the NES era and older, computer RPGs like Ultima and Might Magic, would you say aged the best? and the worst, comparatively speaking of course. What games maybe didn't age so well, but you still enjoy playing? This is a good question. This is a, lo- this is a tough question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, w- once you're digging into pre-NES stuff, it's just it gets really hard to gauge like, how well did that age at all? Is it really even fair to judge it as having aged? It mm. progeni- It's the progenitor to so much, <laughs> but...
0: I'm gonna bring up one right away, and that would be Rogue. Oh, man. Because this is kind of maybe a complicated answer. Um, you're so, not
2: even talking roguelikes. You're just talking rogue.
0: Well, the, the, sort the of. The like. roguelike So,
1: <laughs> please tell me if your grammatical construction more disgusting than calling rogue the Ur-roguelike. <laughs> I would not do that. Um, it's the most awful thing to ever escape my lips, and I'm apologizing to the entire list <laughs>
0: So Rogue would be a kind of complicated answer to this because if you play like an original. I, I, I think the original Rogue was in ASCII. A copy? Yeah, that, that's. I I'm, I'm, don't guarantee like, you it's an ASCII thing, bro. Yeah, I figured. I didn't feel like looking it up. but So, yeah, that one obviously hasn't aged well, but if you throw on like a slight graphical update to it, I think you'd be kind of surprised that how playable the original Rogue still is. The guys who came you. up
1: with the Berlin of Interpretation are so pissed at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, yeah, that basic Rogue gameplay obviously is still relevant today since we just got train Mystery Dungeon. Okay, and, you mentioned other things. How far,
2: how far are you? Are you still enjoying it?
0: Uh, I, I've been distracted by other things. Like that's code was I got about two hours
1: in and then put it down. Yeah. Um <laughs> so you didn't
2: get far enough to go, these 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 characters I'm not directly controlling are really stupid. Why won't they do the right thing when I tell them to?
1: Yeah, I haven't that's, got uh, That's the story of every roguelike's life in terms of AI companions. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I can hope, can't I? I can be in a nice position and go, you idiot. You were in the exact right position and you moved instead of staying there because you are a moron! What the hell is wrong with you?
0: I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, at times, playing what I have played of it, I kind of wish there was a mode where you only where you just make one character and kind of still have all the Etrian monsters and themes and whatnot. So. <laughs>
1: I kind of wished it was you just Shiran the Wanderer with an Etrian skin. Yeah, there and is. hey!
2: You, <laughs> so, you go in with one character. And then if you get a status table well,
0: too bad for you.
1: Whoops! You're you're dead now.
0: Right, And you can play you can play as the wanderer class, and then it's kind of sort of a cheer in the wanderer game.
1: Yeah. Now I'm just anyway, looking at be... the criteria on the Berlin interpretation. <laughs> Low value factors ASCII display. Ah, uh, that's. <sighs> moving moving on though. Okay. Like, Do we you have, have any other that's examples? Like, in terms I, I, of things that aged well or things that aged poorly?
0: Either one. I, I just thought Rogue was interesting to, to bring up because... Because it's
1: aged weirdly. Yeah, exactly. No, she did it's say games weirdly. from the
0: NES era and older, so yeah.
2: NES and uh, I guess Master System would count.
1: Oh, hey, I can talk about how Fantasy Star is a fascinating game that in it has also aged really weirdly because I've just been <laughs> playing it. And like, Yeah,
2: it's it's not fresh in my mind, but I did play it on the Fantasy Star Collection Remember when they had the save bug? That was so wonderful. Oh,
1: yeah, that... Oh, I can't even imagine playing it on that version, because that would be just a nightmare. Ooh. Like, the, the the version I own is like, when I got my Japanese PS2 from a guy on a forum, he sent me, he's like, oh, I only own one Japanese PS2 game, here it is. And it was just the simple... It was the, the Sega Ages... It's like pure collection of every it was the one that was emulated by m2 so it had every version of every fantasy star ever (laughs)
2: even the text-based ones that we never got over here yeah
1: it had all the text-based ones it had everything just just because it was a very complete collection this this japanese game had the official english versions as well wow (sighs) which helps That's, that's That's the beauty of those M uh, M2 Sega Ages games. Is they're amazingly comprehensive. Wow. But, like, see, so like that was the that's the version I own, and it's just like, it's the most like. There's so many things that are like the seeds for more complex RPGs, and they're just not there. Like, mm. you get you recruit your party members, and they all have like individual names and character portraits and all that that are never used again. You meet them once they say something and no one ever speaks again. And it's actually incredibly eerie. That's weird. Because like, cause like everyone clearly has a personality because like they talk to you and they all talk a little different and they, are, they all have like a backstory but they're all once they enter your party they never talk again. It's like they all went mute all at once.
0: It's a party of silent protagonists. It's
1: really disquieting actually, because it's it's uncanny it's so close to being like something more modern than it is, and then it just it's it's like the facade falls away the second that everyone joins, but yeah like it's it's so forward thinking in so many ways, and then you get to you bump up to all the weird ways that it's still kind of ancient
0: like the first person dungeons
1: oh those first person dungeons are like so technically impressive but it's so obvious how the seams work where it's like oh it just always loads this whatever the color palette is so like if you're walking forward it will finally load in an entrance or a chest right as you reach it because that's when it loads in an actual what the data is for that area <laughs>
2: Well, I think it was it, still pretty impressive for the no the it's, it's still system.
1: incredibly oh, yeah. impressive but it's like you can see the seams so clearly
0: well, I think that, that brings up kind of a point. Okay, I, I actually kind of put a couple of games that
2: we are still playing now, sure. but not in the original versions. Sure.
1: Oh, East, yes. First couple Oh, of yeah. Game. Especially, like, East 1 and 2 don't really change that much. Like, yeah. they still have the ancient tackle system. Uh, well, they well, st-
0: <laughs> you know, NES era, would that include the, uh, Oh, my God. Brain fart. Turbo? Yes, thank you. The Turbo graphics versions? Mm. Uh, Or is that... We call that... I I would not
2: include them. Okay. Because that that gets into the next generation. Yeah,
1: like the Turbo is always a weird deal because it came out in 87, but it was marketed as a 16-bit system, so we will not include it for sake of easy delineation. because I was
0: going to say those have aged super well. Well,
1: yeah, that's, you know, they just... So says you who have a turbo
0: apparently. No, they're on the uh Wii Virtual the Council. Console. Thankfully. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like I'd still but, like but a turbo is, just for Me too. <laughs> me so super too. Nice. Like the the like Turbo is one of those dreams like, oh when I've got just tons of money to spare, sure, I'll buy a Turbo. <laughs> but,
2: uh, turbo but, Duo, of course, then you can have it all. Yeah, I actually have
1: all well, the... No, I, the thing is, if you're going to buy a Turbo Duo, you better be buying like a refurbished one where someone's replaced all the junk capacitors that they all come with.
0: And I actually own all those East games, uh, the actual Turbo CDs, so I'm oh, ready nice. if yeah, I have I'm the, have the chance.
1: Yeah. Have... <laughs> nice. But, yeah, like it's such a weird like east is was kind of primitive even at the time but because of the fact that it was all really simple i guess it was hard to screw it up yeah. well which lot... doesn't mean companies didn't because i mean you're <laughs> going to start talking about the Marvelous version on nes but oh
0: no or the sega master system version oh Isn't you that mean than the, is... the
2: nes version
1: <laughs> well in the same <laughs> sense that like <laughs> vomiting is you know, vomiting onto yourself—it's it's worse than better vomiting than vomiting, vomiting
2: on your parents. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know—you're you're, not—you're better,
1: but you're still in immense suffering and personal shame.
2: Well, how about we try and get really interesting and actually play them on the original computer platforms that Falcom made them on? I, I mean, you
1: know what guy who's doing that right now. Ooh. Actually, interesting. Uh, is it
2: eat? Can't I? I know it can be done. How much work does it take?
1: Uh, PC uh, PC eighty eight emulators exist okay. and apparently don't require too much jiggering.
2: Because I've heard that Japanese
1: computer emulators of that era are interesting to work with. <laughs> mm. I know, like, if you if you want to try it, I know a guy who's made it work. I can ask him for you.
2: I'll keep that in mind. I'm not. I'm not
1: in an ease mood right now. <laughs> keep, we'll keep in touch. Okay, but. <laughs> But yeah, like th- those have remarkably aged pretty well, mostly because they're they were pretty simple at the time. A lot of really ambitious games from the time didn't age well because they were trying a lot of new things all at once, and thus all of them don't quite work.
0: Yeah, I th- I'm I'm thinking of basically all the like the first-person dungeon crawlers kind of from that era haven't aged very I, well. I have not. I have, not, I the, have tried no wizardry. Wizard? I? N- probably not. <laughs> I, I gather Wizardry Eight is pretty fun, but that's that's, yeah. that's later, yeah.
1: My favorite, um, my favorite thing is always the story of the development of Wizardry Four, but that's a little uh, a field of the subject.
0: Yeah, I think weren't those early Wizardries just like wireframe, like super simple? They're
1: yeah. I don't think they're wireframe, but they're real simple. My favorite thing is that Wizardry and Bard's Tale parties are cross compatible. <laughs> like, you could That's never the... do that ever again. Yeah. Because, like, games got too specialized and complex for that to ever work again. Except for, like, I don't know, I think a couple of the Infinity Engine games might make that work. But, like, in, like for the most part, you could never do that again. But if you take a wizardry party and load it into the Bard's Tale, it works, as intended.
0: That's pretty cool. That, that is pretty cool. But, yeah. I, I gotta then, admit, course, I haven't played
2: the the only PC game from the 80s that I've played is Oregon Trail and that is completely a feel of this but uh, it's kind of an RPG but we're still talking NES era so I can say that The Original Legend of Zelda holds up oh. although let's let's not get into the debates oh, yeah. about whether it's an RPG it's a fun game it holds up
1: to an extent yeah
2: well yeah um, I mean to a modern so audience it's, it's kind of obtuse but then again maybe that it was meant to be
1: so so, wheels for the record uh I looked up the original wizardry just now, and yeah. it's a sheet it's a what it's basically a spreadsheet wow, all right, <laughs> like in the top corner, you kind of get an idea of what you're walking through <laughs> like there is an a one eighth portion of the screen where it will draw an enemy or a wall, and the rest of the game is a spreadsheet. All right, um, I, w- I
0: would not be able to play that. I would have like no tolerance for that whatsoever.
1: It's just the same thing that like turns you away from Rogue where it's like the graphics reach a point of such primitiveness that your brain just can't accept them as a graphic. Yeah, it's, it's like
0: I don't need something I don't need something complicated here. I just need something <laughs>
1: something like visual for my brain to grasp yeah. onto. And and to just round out the like ancient classics, uh, the original Ultima is unplayable.
0: Yeah, I've... Uh, let's the see. original was Ultima
1: gonna... though is completely surreal because it is just every single insane idea Richard Garriott could have at any given time. So it's uh, like, oh, and then you found a spaceship.
0: I think Ultima 2 is pretty weird as well. I played that uh, as a kid. All,
1: the first three are all insane. There's yeah. a reason that the first one you ever hear anyone talk about the story of is four. <laughs>
0: At least those. Although I remember
1: in the third one, the floor kills you. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the final bosses, the floor.
0: <laughs> well, the one thing I remember about two is at least it was pretty simple to move around. You didn't have to deal with any first-person dungeons or anything weird like that. Yeah. Well, Which...
1: Ultima one like, Ultimate One and Two are just full of obtuse nonsense because they're just full of weird things happening. Yeah. <laughs> Because they they really funny. are just like I'm not really worried about making a cohesive world. I just want a bunch of stuff to do. So it's like, oh, if you search around the right place, you'll find um, among your like iron swords, you'll find a laser gun. That just
0: <laughs> everything.
2: Okay, she mentioned Might and Magic, and I haven't played any of the earlier. I've never played a
0: Might and Magic yeah, game. Me neither, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> so sorry. Sorry. Uh, and. As for one that I know Cassandra would be interested in, this fits too. The original Megami Tensei games would be uh, yes. interesting, but I'm I'm guessing someday we will get a remake, and it will be absolutely necessary because early NES games mm. from that never crossed the ocean. I'm bound to say are going to be a pain in the butt to play
1: now. I'm inclined to say we might never actually see a remake of Megami Tensei One and Two because they're not actually fully developed by Atlas. Really? They hmm. they Namco and Wolf team. Weird. Which if you know any like Wolf team... Wolf team
2: Wolf team in the 80s?
1: Wow. Yeah. Like the it's one of their first projects I want to say, but like, you know, Wolf team eventually morphs into like Tales Studio and Triace. So Yeah, it got weird. Um Atlas is like developer assistance on those, which is part of their like claimed the whole thing, but it's super weird and they're not very good. Like, they they've rechristened... Like, they actually did remake them for the SNES and they're still not very good because even SNES or uh, SMT isn't that great.
0: And um, we got one of those on iPhone.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a reason we didn't get the second. Um,
0: <laughs> Nobody bought the first one?
1: Well, no one bought the first one and those that did were like, what the hell is this? Um... <laughs>
2: That, that is not the type of game that I think would be well-served by a touchscreen interface, either. Yeah, no, it, it, it really
0: like. isn't, no. Yeah. It really well, needed to be on not, a different it's platform. It's not the worst
1: thing because it's not an action game, but yeah, it's, right. it's like, oops. SMT menus
2: are not known for being easy to glide through at a, at a quick glance on a small yeah, screen. Yeah,
1: especially those early ones that have really rough menus. But Yeah, that, they're,
0: they're, that, that game needed to be on PC. That... That would have done a lot better over here, I think. I don't
1: think it would have done very well either though.
0: No, probably not. But uh there, yeah, there's Megami. definitely w- would have been a bigger market for it, I think.
1: But yeah, I'm trying to remember what the original original like what they remade it as. It had a weird title.
2: Oh, Kyuyaku?
1: Kyuyaku? Yeah. Megami Tensei? Yeah. But yeah, like that's I think that's the last time that Atlas will ever dig up Megami Tensei one and two.
2: They're also Although, licensed. To if you're gonna play them, play that version, I'd say. Yeah, to, like that.
1: That that version's also fan translated, so. But, like I said, I think they're also licensed from a book, so that might also <laughs> raise.
2: Ah, licensing
1: hell! We love that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it's very like... fitting on a show where we mentioned Super Robot Wars. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: I I just started looking at trailers for BX, and it, it's like, oh, this looks better than UX. We're never gonna get it. Just like any of the others.
0: Uh, well, so I think we need to talk about the two big NES RPGs series:
1: Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest.
0: Yep. Because I think, uh, especially the first. Oh come on! There were f- there
2: were so many other Master System options we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like, want to talk um, about
1: Miracle Warriors, which sucked even at the time? Uh, I, is there? Is wait, there wait, a third Zillion, third Zillion doesn't count.
2: <laughs> um, uh, There was that Golden Axe action RPG spinoff. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, the one that's just,
1: like, the most bald-faced Zelda knockoff imaginable. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That game is the most... I think my favorite way I ever heard it put was, like, this ancient article where, like, a guy was just saying, like, to play Golden Axe Warrior is to be appalled by the developer's apparent complete and utter lack of shame. (laughs) And by like, Nintendo's amazing restraint. Yeah, the fact they didn't get sued over that game is kind of impressive, because, like, it straight up rips off portions of Zelda's world map. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the first dungeon. Guess what? It's in the exact same
2: place. I guess Nintendo just noticed that the Master System was not cutting into the NES's market share and let it it's slide. It's quite possible
1: that Nintendo wasn't even aware Golden Axe Warrior happened. <laughs> And by the time they were made aware of it, because it's on one of the Sega collections I own, I believe it's on the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection for PS3 and Xbox 360 as an unlockable game. Uh, It's it's on there, and I would imagine that at that point Nintendo and Sega were too closely related and the damage was too far gone for them to care. (laughs)
0: Sounds about right.
1: But yeah... I think that's the. I think those are the only three RPGs on the Master System.
2: Uh. I'm sure I can come up with some others if I dig, but you know what? That's not what this is about. Yeah.
1: Uh, But Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. I think Dragon Quest is still kind of fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've actually played that recently on an original cart, although on yeah, like on the Dragon Quest. Although on a Retron 5, so I could use save states, so it was a bit easier to play.
1: Yeah, like, that's that's the biggest thing holding you back from Dragon Quest One at this point, is you have to go back to the King to save. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if not for that, it's still a pretty fun game, and I'd say the, those, except maybe It might be two, the, the
1: purest definition of a Japanese RPG, even to this day.
0: Sure, but I mean, three and four on NES, those, those are still very playable. Yeah,
1: two is kind of this weird one that's maybe a little over-ambitious, but...
0: But that's probably still playable...
1: Yeah, it's just less so.
2: Although going back to the NES Dragon Quest now, with all the interface things that they,
0: yeah, I, I love to down, open the down down
1: right stairs. stairs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a little tougher. It can be done, yes, but with with the newer versions, there's really no need to. Sure.
1: There's no, there's no need to. But if if pressed to do so, I would probably do it before I would play Final Fantasy One.
0: Yeah, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy One is okay. It's just it. That's the, another yeah, one the where, where the newer versions. Yeah. Like
1: the, the newer things...
2: versions, I think, superseded. Oh, absolutely.
1: But but like going beyond that, I think that the newer versions for FF One are more necessary because so much of FF One is broken,
0: especially the speed
1: of battles. Well, not not even the speed of battles. I'm talking about like. Like Stats that don't work. spells don't work. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, your intelligence stat doesn't actually do anything. Or, oh, this this spell can never succeed. It has no success state. <laughs> like there is no way to cast the status effect. Yeah. Or like thieves don't work properly, so <laughs> they are, are literally just busted warriors. <laughs> like they're, they're gathered you can't.
2: I gather if the the lack of challenge in some of these versions is a problem, then the one you want is Final Fantasy Origins, right? Yeah. If you yeah. if
1: you need if you still want the game to be hard, you play Origins in classic mode,
2: and you get it's... all the in, so many interface improvements that uh, imagine your characters don't strike dead air when the enemy gets killed beforehand. <laughs> f- what, <laughs> uh, what novelty so many is
1: in- this? <laughs> I think you can actually turn that on in the PS1 version. though. Oh agree. my god. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure somebody did that just to see
2: oh yeah this is like i remember I'm sure it there's,
1: yeah I'm sure there's someone that was that was very angry this like there's one person that their personal bugbear is that that was removed from all the subsequent <laughs> versions. like they don't care about the spell charges they don't care about anything else they're just angry about the lack of ineffective
2: that per- that person if you're listening go check out golden sun this is for you. <laughs> that golden sun was made for you. <laughs> I kind of oh. like golden sun.
1: Uh Oh, I love golden sun, but, but yeah. that thing was there. Yeah. That thing is there, seemingly just for people like that. Uh,
0: someone uh, yeah. at Camelot must have really loved the original version of Final Fantasy One.
1: Someone at Sonic Software planning, but uh yeah, and and then like you get FF two, which I like love. We... Kawasu, but it's and it's a super innovative, incredibly important game. But it's kind innovative of
2: innovative and important are not synonymous with fun. Yeah. It's yeah, it's beta saga
0: essentially.
1: It's, well, it's beta saga, but it like people underestimate how important it was for like JRPGs as a whole because it's like oh, sure. got actual story with defined characters that have plot twists and plot deaths
0: and like scripted scenes to some extent.
1: The opening of the game is you're forced into a battle that you cannot win and die. Yep. Like, that game is, like, super innovative and super important and no fun to play at all. (laughs) (laughs) Quit hitting yourself. If you must play it, then do not
2: play the NES version.
1: Oh, no. You would have there, There is a beta translation... Uh, by Square that is floating around on the internet, so if you really miss Spoony Bards and you want a new source of what the hell is happening, uh, then you could play that. There you go.
2: And there's no beta translation for Final Fantasy
0: 3 on the
1: NES, but... Uh, there, is, there is
0: there is a fan translation. Yeah.
1: What's weird to me about 3 is the fact that like, you know, it and Dragon Quest 3 share a lot of DNA, because they're both iterating on essentially the same system, the yeah. job system. But Dragon Quest is so much better.
0: I still really like Final Fantasy 3, and I've played the original version. Although, I, they... I
1: haven't play, like, I played the remake and didn't bother with the original version. The I've remake. heard the i yeah, of... played the
2: remake. Uh, I'm glad I played it once. I have no desire to ever yeah. play it again. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's I, a
1: tough nut. Pretty to crack. much, my opinion, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like
1: um... it's it's a very interesting, very important game. It's nowhere near as busted fundamentally as. Uh as FF2, but 3 has a lot of situations where, like, we think of the job system in such, like, this freeform, like, we think of it as it is in Tactics in 5. Yeah, This freeform thing where you can, like, turn your characters into all of these weird class builds, and in FF3, your job's obsolete. You are not supposed to keep an old job, because it, it doesn't give you any new abilities. It doesn't help you later. But you know, each job gets obsoleted by a future job. And more specifically, most jobs are the solution to what amounts to a dungeon-wide puzzle.
2: And in the original, isn't it pretty much you want to be either scholars or ninjas? Otherwise, you better do some power leveling if you sages, hope to win. Ninjas. Or sages.
1: Yeah scholars. yeah, scholars. Scholars is a class, but it's an it's a puzzle. Right, that's, dungeon that's
2: one of the earlier ones that, that just tells you what an enemy's weakness is, Right. Yeah, it's it is
1: useful for precisely one boss that is designed <laughs> entirely around it, and then you never again. it uh, again. But, yeah, like, you know, it, it's a thing where it's like, it's such an alien conception of the system compared to every other use of the system, and even compared to Dragon Quest III's version of the system, which is much closer to what Final Fantasy would eventually use. Yeah. Where yeah, it's if like, you want a
2: good job system in a non-tactical Final Fantasy game, you want Final Fantasy V.
1: Yeah, oh, go play the Fort Drop Fiesta. That gave me a whole new appreciation for five.
0: <laughs> yeah, five a, rocks. Yeah.
1: F- well, no, five rocks. But I didn't realize just how hard it rocked until I played a constrained class run with the Fort Drop Fiesta. Yeah, that, that,
0: that's so cool because it just—it's a whole different way to play it, and there's a lot like, of different ways to play I, it if you constrain yourself like that.
1: I don't play challenge runs because usually they make me feel limited. But in FF5, they made me realize just how intricately designed the game was.
2: Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, I would read Amos things on game facts, and there was a fact for the low-level guide to Chrono Trigger. Here, oh, th- that, that first fight you get in when you go to the past and kill imps, that is supposed to be the only fight in which Chrono stays alive. The rest of the game, he is supposed to be dead after every fight so that you can keep the levels as low as possible.
1: I'm Dang, sure that can be done. That doesn't but it's make not... it fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: like, the thing about playing FF5 with constrained classes is you suddenly realize that every single class in that game, aside from Berserkers, basically, has something about it that makes it secretly able to do amazing things. But, yeah, we're, we're moving afield of the question. Like, Dragon yeah, Quest
2: that, has... Yeah, that in... is unfortunately not NES era. no. <laughs>
1: But, you know, like, you know, Dragon Quest has aged surprisingly gracefully, and most other things are some level of caveat emptor. Yeah,
0: I think. I, I, I,
1: I suppose I should say there's some degree of caveat emptor for. Yeah, Dragon Quest, let me but, think here.
2: I don't know much but, about Wasteland, but if you're really curious about Ur- the roots of Fallout, that might be worth a try. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, you know, the super early early PC RPGs. I'm sure there's someone that's uh, uh, shouting at me about not giving SSI Gold Box games enough credits or something. Uh, Phil, where are you?
0: uh, uh,
1: (laughs) That's why I said someone and not wheels. Yeah, not me. (laughs) But, yeah, like, my expertise is not PC games, so unless it's a game that has, like, a great deal of historical influence, I probably haven't played it.
2: I'm getting. I'm slowly catching up, but it's gonna be a long time before I feel ready to tackle eighties PC interfaces.
0: Oh. Yeah, a lot of those uh, a lot of those have not aged well, let's be honest. It's a lot no of matter them
2: had it. a significant learning curve at the time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean like a lot of them you know, we talk about oh these games didn't age well. It's more like, you know, they weren't you know, they ju- there just wasn't an expectation of better at the time and terms of, like, how they should play.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the case for just a lot of these older RPGs, is a lot of them were trying new things, or trying to copy somebody else, maybe do something different, just kind of throwing a lot out there, and you know, we've learned a lot since then about how to make these games better, so that's why a lot of them just aren't aren't as good, or aren't as fun to play now, so...
1: (laughs) You get some of them that really were just like they were nailed with the fundamentals out of the gate, and you can still play them. Yeah, and then you get, you know,
0: you can still play them, but maybe it's like it's a nicer version. So why play the original version? Because
1: historical curiosity. I do yeah. I play a lot of things for historical curiosity. Sure. <laughs> like like I said, I'm playing Fantasy Star right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, and historical curiosity can take you a long way, but
1: yeah. In the end, but, like I couldn't. It's, it's more useful for a thesis
2: and... statement than for actually having fun. Yeah, to play Absolutely.
1: something with the intent of enjoying it because you wanted to relax. Not bother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You could play Rogue with ASCII graphics, but why would you? There
1: is the the people who wrote the Berlin interpretation are tearing it nope.
0: nope. right now. No, no, no. For
1: me, the perfect punchline of taking games too seriously is the Berlin interpretation.
0: <laughs> yep. All right. All right. So our next question is from False Logic, and it is: What mechanic trope, etc., is now in every RPG that you want to see gone, and what used to be in every RPG that isn't anymore? So we'll we'll start with the first part of the question. Um, and I had one that kind of came to mind quickly. This uh, this has kind of maybe backed off a bit. Um, Depends but, on what sectors you're looking at. Yeah, but I think after the popularity of Diablo and Diablo 2 uh, RPGs, specifically Western RPGs, got a bit too crazy with, oh my god, loot collection. I
1: think I think the only way I ever... like I, I, I am the antithesis of the kind of player that would enjoy that kind of game. So I think the only way this ever worked for me was the PS2 Bard's Tale game, where the game would just compare whatever you had picked up to what you had equipped and if it wasn't better like statistically in every fashion better then it would just immediately turn into gold
2: (laughs) wow that's pretty cool i think more games could use that feature like that was
1: like because that was it, it instantly like destroyed every like tedious thing about this it was like oh if it's worse i don't have to think about it it's already sold
0: and the f- kind of funny thing about this is, I don't think the original two D- Diablos were that bad in that regard. Like, you know, like, you'd find a, la- a lot, of random ga- garbage, which was obviously garbage, and you just sell it. And you know, occasionally you'd see like, oh, it's a blue item or something.
1: It's it's cargo and, cult yeah. game design, where it's like, oh, Diablo one and two were really popular. Let's imitate what we think was cool about them, without sure. examining their deeper ramifications on the game design. Yeah. And then, like eventually, that developed into the weird cancer of we need to make the game addictive, and that's
0: well. And it got to the point where I actually saw like reviews and other people complaining about RPGs that didn't have this. Or it's just, <laughs> I I, re- I remember like reading other reviews of uh, Silent Hill: Book of Memories. <laughs> that were, like, complaining... It's not com- enough
1: of a loot farm to keep it going.
0: Yeah, they're complaining about the loot, and I'm just sitting there reading it like, it's not that kind of game, for the love of
1: God! It's a dungeon crawl, but that doesn't mean it's a loot fest. Yes! It, this,
2: it, These two this, things are not synonymous.
0: No!
1: Yeah, <laughs> every, despite, like, developers' attempts to make them, so... Uh,
0: not, not every RPG needs to have that, and it's okay if it doesn't, if it's designed around that. You know, I'm it... trying to th-
2: loot, loot does not necessarily bother me. Uh, I mean, I I rarely gush over. It. Oh man, look what I just found! What <laughs>
3: the?
1: Okay, I have to congratulate you on your amazing douche bro voice. <laughs> Wheels, I, I should point I out you're still it, playing though. Destiny. Uh, well,
0: see, see, that's the thing is Destiny doesn't shots have, fired. Destiny does not have, <laughs> Destiny does not have a lot of loot. And when you you define and, a lot, uh, okay, <laughs> define a lot. So it's a lot less than Borderlands. No, he said define a lot. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so a lot would be Borderlands. Although I'm okay with how Border, I'm okay with Borderlands in terms of, of in lessons. terms of loot because they have all kinds of weird guns that are pretty cool. Uh, so I'm okay with having to deal with it
1: there. This gun fires green. This gun fires orange.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, Alright, it's, it's a lot more complex than that. Uh, yeah, I get it. Borderlands yeah, is not for me. No, <laughs> but Borderlands is not really part of the problem. As as far as Destiny goes, uh, you do find a lot of random junk, but uh, you when you get something that's like uh, one of the higher rarity levels, it's like something that's really cool, and you, you don't just... You don't get overflowed with loot or anything like that. Is that
1: the core gameplay of Destiny is more complex than a loot treadmill. Yeah, if
0: for sure because it's uh, it's a first person shooter primarily. It's still a
1: bunchy first person shooter regardless yeah. of how many numbers in the equation. Exactly.
0: Um, so I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like any game that goes with the the cool loot drops and looking I for the <laughs> items. I do. The cranky old man. I, I they're, they're not all bad. It's just uh, a lot of developers went a little bit overboard with this. Like uh, I absolutely cannot get into. Um... I
2: think a little bit underestimates this.
0: This was yeah. this was endemic okay. for a year. Yes. But... Uh, what's that like Diablo clone that came out? Torchlight. Tor- yep. Thank you. Torchlight. I cannot get into Torchlight at all. Like it just does not work for me. Um. So, so yeah, that that is that is the one thing I want to see in a lot less RPGs because I've played a lot of cool RPGs that I think people completely ignored f- for this very reason because they're not they weren't geared to that specific thing like uh, Dungeon Siege Three for example saw similar complaints and that game was me one nuts. of the few of
1: the type that I could enjoy mostly because it still had that touch of Obsidian
0: <laughs> yeah it that that had cool combat. Which uh, I really enjoyed, so and
1: just uh, enough of a veneer of the other RPG elements I like. Yes,
0: and, and what was was interesting about that one is the gear you did find. Uh, it wasn't always a matter of things being obviously better, because they weren't. They some things bumped up different abilities, some things bumped up other abilities. So you kind of had to. This was a Play game where the the barred
1: Tail solution literally could
0: not have worked. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I think this is this has already kind of gone by the wayside in a lot of cases. So
1: it's it, the trend has gone down since Diablo three. Yeah,
0: but it's still not completely gone. So yeah, that's my complaint. Maybe it's sour grapes that some of my favorite games got bashed for not being Diablo cones, but. I, I legit did not like the way a lot of games kind of threw loot into them. It didn't really work. So, what about you guys? Any kind of tropes okay. you can think I, of? I got,
1: I, I got one that I'm just gonna like. This is more of a marketing trope, but like Dark Souls, but oh <laughs> no! Don't <sighs> you are not you as the developer are not allowed to make that comparison.
0: No. Like, and it's not just developers either. I see people doing this all the time. Oh, it's like the Dark Souls of X.
1: And it's like, oh my gosh, no. That, that phrase has lost all meaning, if it ever had any to begin with.
0: Yes. So, it's just like... I don't even know what people are trying to say. Are you saying it's hard? Are you saying... What, what, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, like how
0: is there a Dark Souls that... of how is there a Dark Souls of space shooters? I don't understand you.
1: Wait, is that? Please tell me that's not something I, you heard. No,
0: I don't. I don't think there is okay. one.
1: But okay, okay, You yeah. never know. But, <laughs> but like the the use of Dark Souls essentially as a buzzword comparison is less than useless. It actively turns me away from
0: games. <laughs> well, I think they less so being meaningless. Seemingly, a lot of people use roguelike elements in the same way, which
1: is weird because Dark Souls is the opposite of a roguelike.
0: For sure. Well, I don't mean the two necessarily go together. I'm just saying that, in a similar vein, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's got roguelike elements."
1: But well, the thing is, I've heard Dark Souls compared to roguelikes, and it's like these That's two true. are the diametric opposites of each other. They could not be less similar.
0: For sure. Dark Souls is very specifically designed, whereas Rogue is very, very specifically designed like Rogue's to be random.
1: Entire, Rogue, Rogue's, Rogue's entire concept and the things that follow it closely is that they are not, like nothing is pre-generated. Yep. You know, you've got, like, it randomly generates everything. Dark Souls cannot work if any part of it is randomly generated, except Bloodborne made it work. But Shut up, I'm making a point. <laughs> the main campaign of a Souls game can't work if it's randomly generated. Right.
0: But I think that kind of goes back to the original point on this: is robes are hard, therefore they're the Dark Souls the same of thing Robles. Yes, exactly. I know, uh, yeah.
1: And it, it's also that a lot of the company, the, a lot of the times I see like Dark Souls of blank or like Dark Souls, but it's people learning the wrong lessons. Yes. Or it's just like it just needs to be hard because that equates to value because it takes you time, and it's like no, it's. Dark Souls is no. really carefully designed hard. Yeah.
2: No, Battletoads was hard. Did that equate to value for money? No.
1: <laughs> let's not do, let's not do the turbo tunnel ever again outside the context <laughs> of Shovel Knight. Uh, that was amazing. But yeah, like that's that's the one that's like never again. Never again.
2: Um, I'm trying like, to make Dark
1: Souls knockoffs, but don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: with several possibilities here none of them are immediate trigger buttons for me but I mean this, here's an old one can we please have some protagonists who are older than 15 to save the world more than once yes, a year please.
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's specifically targeted at Japanese RPGs but yeah, yeah
1: that's very specifically Japanese old um, it is. RPGs because I mean I'm, I'm playing The Witcher 3 now and I think girls like 50 yeah <laughs>
2: I recognize this, but it's there's a reason I can still say that, because it's still a problem with Japanese
1: RPGs. Oh, yeah. I want to say that Lightning is 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't dispute that. She's a super commando. She's probably canonically around 18.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Which is still... What was Cloud,
1: 22? Uh Yeah, Cloud's 22.
2: Which is about as old as they get for
1: leads in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm looking up how old Lightning is.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, they don't necessarily need to do that for everything, because it it's works if you're doing hard. it works if you're doing persona and writing like characters that actually seem like actual real life teenagers in a weird messed up situation. Right. Um, if you're going to build it around
2: an entire high school, either you can have it be about the janitors and the teachers, or you can have it be about teenagers. Yeah. There's really no. Way to make that work, otherwise. But
1: yeah, as it, it turns is... out, she is twenty. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so she's they, she's
2: most, an old maid. Most, community, most <laughs> community college students are not that accomplished yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, super gravity commando, whatever. Point is, like, this is, this is a really ubiquitous one for a lot, and it's just like, it's not even that it's wrong. It's just variety helps. You it's, like, I feel like a lot of people paid attention to Nier that wouldn't have just because Nier was an old man. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, and a lot only did...
1: by the
2: standards of JRPGs. Let's see, what was he, in his 40s?
1: Yeah, 40s. Like, yeah. by JRPG standards, he was your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... just,
2: that's when you retire from most sports, but 40-year-olds are not inherently withered-up crones who do nothing but to, to be fair, I'd
1: imagine, I'd imagine adventuring is probably about as harsh on your body as most sports.
2: <laughs> it probably is, but just because they're yeah, yeah. tired that, it doesn't mean they can't still do sports at a, at a slightly more relaxed level. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But the point is, like, you know, you if you, you know, that extra, like, that difference actually does make them stick out. And, like, I get that part of the reason that this happens, is because, you know, RPGs are aimed at Japanese teenagers, so most RPG characters protagonists are essentially Japanese teenagers but the thing is like kids like to fantasize about being adults yeah
2: and and a lot of these when I was a teenager I did not think of myself I did not think of visualize cool stories of oh yeah I'm going to school look at me I'm in the I'm in the (laughs) locker room oh yeah
1: you're going to school that's cool because like they're actually using the fact that you're young like but if you're doing like a world spanning adventure like Go ahead and age them up. Teens like the idea of thinking of themselves as adults.
0: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of these games go to like weird lengths to make them teenagers. Like, oh, military academy. Uh, how many how many Japanese RPGs are there with like a freaking military academy?
1: Not, not even really an academy, but just like a tradition of like, oh, you're a warrior at X teenage age, yeah. whatever the protagonist happens to you,
2: be. You you're being trained by some some stalwart warrior who has been around for years and yeah. has clearly passed all of his learning on to you by the age of 15 because you're
1: just that good. And he's just too old. He's 30. <laughs> Get out of here, Jagan.
0: We just got oh, uh, Type 0, a um, bunch of teenagers oh, saving oh, the I world.
1: I don't want to think about the plot of Type 0 ever again. Uh.
2: <laughs> and one other thing that kind of bugs me, this isn't even related to RPGs at all, it's more related to how people review them in okay. mainstream sites, which is on the first 5 or 10 hours. Amazing. If you read any given IGN review, that's probably how much time was put in.
0: Uh, I don't want to think about it. I wonder Touch. how many people that reviewed Mugen Souls actually beat the game. Uh, <laughs> comparing Battle Scars. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people re-
2: reviewed Agarest Wars played the whole thing
1: you son of a bitch (laughs) I don't want to think about that game ever again
0: I finished it he finished it yeah Uh,
1: I got to like the fourth generation and it defeated me
2: I will never heal fully from the scars in my mind but I finished that goddamn thing and I know what Idea Factory is it is a foul disgusting creation I have seen
1: the heart of evil
2: I quailed at it but I saw it. I stand here today to warn all others. Okay.
1: It's it's amazing how much it's wrong with Agarest Wars. Let's move on. I think that had, had like a, <laughs> had five protagonists, and I think they were all 15.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, because, uh, I mean, you're, you're a brand new generation. You've obviously learned everything you need to know to save the continent at the age of 15. It's just obvious, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, to bring this back to the uh, the original point, yeah, five protagonists—they're <laughs> all fifteen. <laughs> uh. They they
2: might be 16, 17. The game isn't exactly clear with how much time is passing.
1: Some time they look like teenagers. There's no particular reason for them to be, but they look like it. <laughs> some of the, some of the people look like they
2: ought to have aged decades because decades have passed, but they don't because
1: they're elves, so they never age. Even the one that's a child. <laughs> except, except when she does age
2: to a slightly older child from about Shh. seven to eight wow <laughs> what a difference <laughs> she, she moves <laughs> from
1: seven to eight over the course of 80 years
0: yeah oh come but on don't, come on okay yeah. let's let's move to this the uh second, second hopeful part, part of this question of <laughs> yes uh what uh used to be in every rpg that isn't anymore um,
2: obtuse, obtuse mechanics no wait <laughs> so that, about... is, that is still around uh, how, about, how about menus that take half an hour to navigate
1: you <laughs> need to remember the things you just played <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, okay. I'm t- terrible with something... translations <laughs> oh I am missing. Some... no we still have broad. some of those actually
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go with something real broad I miss when RPGs were just about going on an adventure. I just want more games that are like Grandia 1 and Skies of Arcadia, basically.
0: What, you don't want more (laughs) dungeon crawlers? There you go. I miss when every RPG was not a dungeon crawler. It's getting a bit... uh, It's getting a bit much...
1: Like, I, like, part of the reason I play RPGs is to go on an adventure, and less and less. A lot of them just like, in an attempt to pare them down to their most basic elements, in an attempt to like streamline without losing complexity. They also pare out things that I like, and a lot of that is the sense of seeing another world and adventuring in another world.
0: Sure, would have been you know, nice to get Dragon Quest Seven. I I can get
2: behind that because uh, that's one of the things I liked best about Evrim 2 you, you're pretty much set free to go wherever the hell you want and look around all over the place and exp- it's a big world and you get to explore pretty much all of it
0: That's, like, that's stuff honest. like
1: that is why Dragon Quest Eight was like my favorite PS2 RPG well, it was just like this big pretty world, go look around it
0: well that's honestly what's drawn me into Xenoblade so much, it's just like uh, yeah I've, like, I've
1: played of that I'm glad that that's starting to come back, like FF15 looks like it's got a lot of world to look at frickin' Dragon Quest Eight 3DS will probably be super neat to play it again. Well, it's it's to hard to have
2: less world to explore than thirteen, right?
1: Yeah, but fifteen is really like emphasizing like the game as world aspect. Where like the game is even going so far as like, oh, what are the habits of like the we need to defeat a behemoth? What are its habits so that we can sort of st- stalk it as prey? Which gives the world that extra texture and exploration that makes it feel adventurous.
0: Yeah, see, I think what going back to Xenoblade, what has drawn it was drawn me in so much is uh, you know games like Oblivion and things like that. I get bored with pretty easily just because there's too much aimless wandering. Um, this kind of Xenoblade kind of finds that perfect. Uh, you perfect always mix. know what
1: you should be doing. Yes, about, it, it's the, You have it's the option not to.
0: It's the perfect mix of giving you a focus but giving you enough room that you can wander off and do other things or just, you know, walk off into the horizon and see what's there but still have a laser-focused thing to get back to and
1: a quick way to get back to it. Yeah, a quick way to, to get back for perhaps gone as well. out of the yeah. way
0: of uh, I think that's what drew us to a lot of uh s- the SNES Final Fantasies and things like that is you know you got a, a story to focus on, but you can hop in the airship and wander around and see what's out there.
1: Sure, uh, I can. I you know I gotta go talk to some guy in this town, but I mean this town is full of people that are like maybe none of what they're doing is that interesting, but I kind of want to see it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, yeah. I, I I don't mind linear linear really linear RPGs. I, I really like Final Fantasy Thirteen, obviously, but I feel like there's too many too many RPGs going one way or the other, and not enough in the happy middle.
1: Yeah, but hey, Xenoblade X.
0: Yeah, hopefully that hopefully that will have a similar focus.
1: You just want to rebuild Neo Lo- Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I do.
1: But yeah, anyone else got ones like that that they're interested in seeing come back? Um.
0: um... I'm just gonna throw out turn-based combat. Hmm. I know. I know there's a lot of reasons why we don't have it now, but I would just like some more, just kind of classic turn-based combat. Not that I don't want action RPGs. I just kind of want both. So there you go. That's understandable. Yeah. Like, for the
1: health of the medium, it's better that there be a variety.
0: Yes, variety is the spice of life, and
1: plus there's pr- plenty of great turn-based combat systems to still knock off. Someone else. Someone aside from Child of Light, go knock off the Grandia combat system. Yeah,
0: Um, somebody, somebody, please uh, copy Shin Megami Tensei's battle system.
1: I'm shocked that no one. Why
0: has has no one done this? (laughs) Too much. I feel like there
1: must be there must be like some like fear of if we knock off the defining feature of SMT, we're going to be in trouble.
0: And, uh, I don't
2: know. I, I'm searching, and all I can come up with is goofy stuff. Like, uh, remember when when disc-based games were fairly new? We got all those lovely, cheesy cutscenes. We don't get much of that anymore. But I can't. I really... kind of
1: miss the absolute wonder with which developers treated CD technology. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, oh man, we can have people talk and also stream music. Like just giving into that strange bout of excess.
2: I would say we don't have load times anymore, but obviously we still do. How is something loading when it's installed on my hard drive? I don't know, but it is.
1: <laughs> you got a huge hard drive. It's got to track through a lot. <laughs> yeah, like you know, there there is that sort of like. It's almost curious in retrospect to look at some of those older eras and notice things that, like, were really obviously zeitgeists that you didn't quite appreciate at the time. Like, oh, man, look at all of these, like, every PS1 RPG devotes, like, a third of its budget to, like, these tacky-looking CG cutscenes that they're really excited to throw around. <laughs> <laughs> really excited. They're really excited. Chrono Cross is like tiny budget with probably half that one collage of CG cutscenes that the game aggressively reuses.
0: Well hey, they're really cool.
1: Yes, unfortunately the rest of the game isn't. How uh, much of that
2: cutscene was for the the lady wandering the subway in Japan at the end?
1: <laughs> was that in CG I don't remember. I try not to remember. No, that that, that was, was
2: the that was the real woman in the Wii. Yeah, that was the F
1: M V. That was cheaper. That was way cheaper. <laughs> Like some, uh, some developer just like asked his teenage daughter, "Hey, go wander around. I'm gonna take a camera."
2: But it's deep. I'm I'm sure somebody out there has an explanation of how exactly that is a deep and meaningful ending. And I, I don't really care up, right now.
1: <laughs> I once looked up Masato Kato's explanation, and it just made me angrier. I'm sure it boiled see, down was- to
2: I did. I ran out of time and budget. <laughs>
1: No, his, his, his the explanation I recall him giving was that the that she was supposed to be symbolic that there might be a Shala in your world looking for you.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, there uh, might be there might be a bizarro version of me coming over right now to talk like a moron, but
1: I don't see it happening yet. I really want to hear the the Mike Minky accent filter.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, dude, look at that! That's. Awesome <laughs> So what you're saying is your doc? I remember too many characters from Chrono Cross, please kill me. Uh,
0: uh, alright, I think we should move on before we dive, diverge into full. Again. Yeah,
2: I am obviously getting a little goofy. It's time to cut this down
1: to the end, I think. Yeah.
0: Alright. Let's uh quickly finish our last question and so
1: that so the last
0: so... uh we I think we have one more? Do we have one more?
1: The
2: RPG-themed goods,
0: is that
2: the
1: one you want to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to do that one because it was nice and quick. Because okay. I just wanted to rant about Final Fantasy Potion again. All
0: right. all right, let's just do that real quick right here. Yeah. Go ahead. So,
1: uh, I believe this is whoops. it seems like it must have been. Uh, what RPG-themed goods are the most mind-bending and confusing? use of said RPG, and all I have to say is that Square sold, like, a terrible herbal drink in Japan called Potion. I, I talked to several Japanese people that had drank it, and they said it was the most foul, disgusting thing they had ever tasted. <laughs> wow. So and it was not point, a healing item. It, at least, well, like, it was the reason that it was, like, this herbal thing was that it was supposed to be full of, like, vitamins and, like, all this nonsense that was supposed to make you healthy, and that's why it tastes like shit. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I talked to a friend from Japan, can, and they you were can like. Eat, there are healthy things that don't taste like shit, too. <laughs> Yeah, too bad it's not Final Fantasy branded. But like, there was a there was a friend of mine that like I talked to, and they were like, "Yeah, I knew these terrible nerds." They were like, "This tastes awful," but I have to keep buying it because it's Final Fantasy.
2: <laughs> if your life is defined solely by how much Final Fantasy merchandise you buy, that is the most
1: form of consumerism imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I just really wanted a quick outlet to say what the hell square. See also like the FF versus 13 clone. You'll note I didn't say 15, I said versus 13. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> that was released 5 years ago.
0: Too soon? <laughs> little jump the gun a little bit on that product placement. Just shade Just a little bit. You know when the
1: game wasn't even in active development.
0: <laughs> so, I have I have kind of a, a little one. Uh so obviously we all know about the Amiibo nonsense. Uh, I've heard of it, yes. yes. So, <laughs> I'm aware of your Amarbo's. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't... So th- This is kind of weird and confusing that specifically the Fire Emblem amiibos, they decided had to be used in Intelligent Systems' codename Steam, which makes completely no sense to have a bunch of characters from a fantasy world fighting with Abe Lincoln and company.
1: Isn't that the fun of it, though?
0: I guess it's the fun of it, but it is kind of mind-bending, so I thought it kind of fit here.
1: I guess, I guess. I was just looking for, like, products that had no business existing at
0: all. You know, I wonder... There's, There must be some weird Monster Hunter products. Oh, there are. Oh, you know what? When do we... Yeah, we're going to have to look those up for next time and try and Let's table this one for
1: the time being and just say that the current imp, uh, impromptu answer is Final Fantasy Potion. Yeah.
2: I, I can't help right now. All I'm coming up with is...
1: Uh, I
2: watched ABBA the movie a couple weeks ago and I'm remembering ABBA merchandise, which has nothing to do with RPGs in the slightest, but it was merchandise. <laughs> it
1: was it confusing was... merchandise. Let's go make an ABBA RPG. <laughs>
3: oh, man.
2: It would sell. You know this. Yep.
1: Mama well, so Mia, this would sell too.
0: Dancing Queen quest. Here you go. Yeah,
1: we we quest?
2: Probably Ooh. not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I gotta hear a mashup of those two. <laughs> okay, go look that up while you guys end the show. <laughs> All right, so
0: I I think we've just about covered every. I completely lost my train of thought there.
3: I, I, I think, think we we've
0: more
1: or less completed a show. Yes, there <laughs> we go. Yes. Thank you. A, a, a show has ended,
0: and I have killed it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, normally with our guests, we allow them to talk about anything they're working on now. So, Mike, anything specific you're working on now other than backtrack? Well, I put
2: up a Crystallis review for the Game Boy Color rendition. Oh, this week. that's a rough rendition. It is. I still liked it unbalanced, but God, could, would it have killed you to make the screen maybe a little less zoomed in so that I maybe see something less than ha- more than half a second before I bump into it?
1: <laughs> that's like uh, all of the the NST developed Game Boy Color games, where they like take a whole bunch of weird cult classics and make remakes and sequels to them, and they're all like okay, but they should be a lot better. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and now apparently there's a Crystallis game on iOS, but after I looked what? more closely at it, it is compl- It is some bejeweled clone, apparently. Okay, oh. that,
1: I would imagine that was someone just taking the name, but it might still be SNK now that I think about it.
2: Considering where that company is now, yeah, it might, which is sad. Uh, I put up a review of Avertum 2 a couple days Ooh. after that, and yeah, I, I on balance enjoyed that game. Even with its completely non-existent soundtrack, unless you count aimless aimless dripping from what sounds like pipes in the cave. Uh, yeah. And I will have a a review of Yakuza coming up pretty soon. I just have to write the
1: thing. Yakuza 1?
2: Yeah. Oh, man. There's nothing quite like... Earning the M rating solely through throwing in Needless Profanity now, is there?
1: (laughs) That dub is amazingly bad. And it gets worse (laughs) as the game goes on, and they seem to be, like, lowering the amount of takes they're willing to pay for.
0: (laughs) I kind of want to play that now.
1: The thing is, Yakuza 1 didn't age all that great. No.
2: No, having no no camera control in buildings is a pain in the ass. I'd uh, say the
1: worst part is that the combat has no sort of auto targeting at all. So you keep you'll like start a combo and then the enemy will move out of the way. But Kazuya he'll keep uh, going. Yeah, yeah. He does not make any sort of attempt to like in, you know in two onward he'll like sort of trail after them. But in one he just keeps going wherever you were pointing and at it before.
2: And sometimes I don't know why I will hit the button and he won't do anything for a minute. That's
1: yeah, crazy. like the 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 first one, like I, I actually really like two. I think two it's still playable, but the first one's super rough.
2: I I liked it on balance, just for some of the craziest. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing quite like picking up a giant traffic cone and bashing somebody's head in with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like two has a scene where like you're going up someone's crazy tower and you punch a tiger in the face.
2: <laughs> Why not?
1: Like, oh, uh, you, if you guys. Ever, oh wait, you guys already did an RPG backtrack for Exodus So now I'm sad Because I wasn't on for that
2: <laughs> Well, we we only did it for 1 and 2 Oh man we ended having on enough for, to save I'll it, be uh, there with bells on for the next one in 10 years mm, It's going to be a bit,
1: actually <laughs> Like I said, the next one in 10 years
2: <laughs> I blame the RPG catalog for having so much material in it Yeah, it's true We're not, we're not going sure to run out of backtrack have me
1: on material. for Dark Souls
2: <laughs> Will do um.
1: What else?
2: I actually kind of need to start t- playing Deus Ex because that's going to be the, ne-
1: the next backtrack we do. Oh man, oh, cool. bring me on for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you don't mind, I mean, like, I, if your book's solid, don't worry about it. But
2: well, I know Scott Walker has a lot to say about that game. It's apparently it
1: might be his favorite of all time. It's amazing.
0: I played that on PS Two.
1: I have played to both the PS2 and PC versions.
2: Okay. And otherwise, well, I, I, pu- I plugged away a little bit more at Front Mission 2089, but that's... Oh, man, which one is that? That is the one that was the remake on DS of the cell phone Front Mission game. Oh, that's... Wow. <laughs> and it that, pretty much plays like Front season? Mission 1. It did not. Okay. So I'm playing it in RAW. I'm playing it RAW. Oh man, I've done that, I've done that before does. though. Yeah, I mean, I played Front Mission Gun Hazard
1: raw. Yeah, well, Gun Hazard's like an action game.
2: It is. The menus are mostly pretty understandable if you play a Front Mission game though. Yeah, that
1: makes sense.
2: Um, and actually, I haven't played that much else this week because I've been, well, I was writing reviews, fancy that, and coming home after work, and then seeing Fury Road yesterday, which was awesome. Oh
1: man, so good. <laughs> we'll see the uh, odd man out here he's doing yeah,
0: thing. Yeah, I know you're gonna have to find a time to see that
2: this is, this is the this is the call out to anybody who has ever liked Mad Max in the past if you think you might like Fury Road the odds are damn good that you will so just go see it
1: if you like action movies at all really
2: <laughs> this is a reminder of how good action movies can be
1: yeah seriously Like the the purest expression of like an action movie where you could basically never trim something from it that would not make it an actively worse film for having lost it.
2: I mean, if you're if you're being purely logical, then you could argue there's no need to have a guy playing a guitar that shoots flames from a moving truck. But But why the hell would you bring that in? The film
1: less awesome. It would. So you know what was even better was finding out that that, that that is a proper guitar that works and apparently the way the flames were controlled was the whammy bar. <laughs> like okay. like that's that that's how it shoots fire. You, if he you, you know when he wails on the whammy bar it shoots fire.
2: This is another PN... go see fury road. Because if Seriously. you see it then you're telling people that you want more movies like this. George Miller apparently has an idea for another Mad Max movie.
1: Got, totally he said he has He says he has three more stories. The
2: guy's seventy.
1: We don't want to make him sit
2: on his haunches for years after this.
1: (laughs) Because I mean, think about it. Mad Max Fury Road was originally conceived in 1998. I think this man, like, we've we've forced him to wait long enough. Like he he left Fury Road behind because things happened, and then you know, well, I had to go make Happy Feet.
2: Which made money for somebody, so
1: whoop-dee-doo! <laughs> All, yeah, no, who peng-
2: All the people who love penguins were happy. Ee-ha!
1: He he's still got. I like Fury Road is the perfect proof that he still got great movies in, and we have to let him have them.
2: Yeah, I never expe- I never expected going in that this might be my favorite of the Mad Maxes, but I. I don't think it's even really a close contest.
1: Like, there's some. There is some Road Warrior fan who is like gearing up to fight you right now.
2: (laughs) I would have been one of those, but if this Road Warrior friend has seen Fury Road, then we can have it. Otherwise, go see it.
1: Like, the fact that like this is... Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's so good.
2: (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm
1: actually winding down. I...
2: (laughs) Past my usual bedtime. Yeah, me uh, too. I'm I'm an old man now. I have a
0: scheduled bedtime.
1: <laughs> so yeah, go watch Mad Max: The End.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so we are
1: talking to you, Mr. Apps. Yes. We're all talking to everyone else.
0: <laughs> I will find time to go see it. All right. So let's let's wrap this up. If you wanna. Send in more questions for us to answer, which, yes, we will get to, even though the backlog is massive. Uh, You can send them in to wheels at rpgamer.com. Hit me up on Twitter at AskWheels. Uh, You can hit Dave up on Twitter at at FanboyMaster. (laughs) They won't, but they can. (laughs) um, You can... what was I going to say? Oh, the forums. Yes, you can reply to the latest, the thread for the latest episode. Put questions there. A lot of people have been doing that, so it's been very helpful. Yeah, feel free to do that. I have an ask.fm, ask wheels. I don't think anyone has used. Um, <laughs> you can bug me when I'm. Streaming on Twitch, I guess, which is also Ask Wheels. Uh, which two of our listeners actually bugged me while I was streaming Dark Souls Two last night. So you're welcome to do that as well, and I will copy any questions you want to answered on the show there. Uh, and I think that's about it. So on that note, we're probably going to leave you with uh, some Final Fantasy Mystic Qu- Quest music. <sighs>
2: Or you could put some Grandi music in. There's some really good oh, music man. in those That's a good heads. idea. Uh, Please do that. Uh,
0: All right. You, you will have music.